0: welcome back to ghostly talk this is scott l this is amber what is that thing in the background (laughs)
1: it's my it's my thing that looks like an orange that releases little child laughs let me shake it hold on oh my god shake it again shake it again
0: Oh, my God.
1: It's baby laughs. Baby laughs are the best. I, this I, this was in you're the gonna baby. Ha,
0: you're going to have to take a picture of that now and put it up as part of the show post. This
1: was in the baby section, and I shook it, and it made me laugh, and I had to buy it.
0: Well, it's a pretty great baby laugh. That's pretty. I
1: love this. I got to turn it off now. We're keep uh, yeah, going. I take the
0: battery out of that thing. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I can't do anything with this now. Take the battery out. Kill the. Oh, I hate I, to say that. It'll get us in trouble. Uh, how do you yeah it's probably got I a got screw it. in there you can't take it out no oh, you got Oh, you yeah. turn it off it's got a weird little egg thing you put it oh that's weird that's creepy what is that thing take a picture of that we'll use it for the we'll use it
1: bottled baby laughs
0: bottled baby laughs
1: essence of baby laughs.
0: it's a pretty i have to say like hearing that though
1: makes you happy it does make you happy I <laughs> yeah, love well, baby laughs are the best
0: I think I think my DNA has been kind of altered in the last couple months. Maybe because of the cat, maybe because of Jenny. And uh, oh well, well, you know we haven't made a Jenny update lately. Uh, we had Jenny at the uh, vet this week for the first time as a, as a new parents of mm-hmm. a cat, and she's doing really well. She's lost two pounds. She was like what thirteen pounds when we got her. She was a fat ass. When yeah, we got her. She yeah, was fat.
1: yeah. But there was a there was a uh, a listener or just a follower on Facebook who commented on uh, Jenny's picture like one of the first ones we posted when when we had the studio still in the other part of the basement oh yeah and where how she's sitting yeah it looks like she's cracked the cement Oh really? And so the the guy had commented about that, and I was like, "Sure, oh, she's lost a couple pounds." Uh, I, I totally knew he was just joking, but then I think oh, yeah, he, yeah. But I think he felt bad, and he came back. He's like, "Well, oh, I was just making a joke about you know, because it kind of looks like that." <laughs> so I felt it's, like he, I kind of like, I don't know, maybe I.
0: It's cool, man. No, him
1: out. but no, it was fine. I uh, yeah, she's healthy.
0: No, we had yeah, we we had and her at she the, might
1: be younger. Well, she is younger than what they thought. Yeah,
0: we thought she was like ten to twelve years old, and they're saying maybe like what nine. Something yeah, like that.
1: maybe around there.
0: I mean, not much, but hey, it means a lot to us.
1: In cat years, that's a lot.
0: It means a lot to us. But yeah, she was. She lost two pounds. We got her on a diet and we got some weight off of her. And we noticed that she's moving a lot better now too. Like her legs so if, are So if you
1: need to hire us as your cat's personal trainer... Your yeah, vet yeah. said that she would like to hire us out as cat parents because we did a great job with the weight loss. Did she say that? Yes, she said that. Oh, wow. Far out. So, you know, our services will be available on the website shortly.
0: We'll start our own reality yep, TV just ship, show.
1: Yeah, just ship your cat here and we'll get Big, it into shape. Biggest
0: feline loser. Oh, God. I don't know. Something like that.
1: Could you imagine, like, she, 50 cats in the house that we're trying to exercise?
0: <laughs> I put a bullet in my head in That's a week. That's ridiculous. I'm going be able to do it. She's doing good, though. Yeah, we... uh She's, but I was. That's what I was saying, though. Um, I think my DNA is being altered because, yeah, I
1: because of kittens, because and baby
0: laughs. Yeah, <laughs> my new Discover card is gonna have. Yeah, that's more of a joke, though. We were, I think we were picking it out. I'm like, no, it's cool looking. I'll get the cat one. It looks really great.
1: They're kittens. They're, a kitten. it's a it's, kitten. It's a kitten.
0: Yeah, and um, well, yeah, I do find myself. And if like, no
1: one knows who, what Scott looks like, he is a large, angry, bearded. Looking man. I'm growing my beard back out completely, by the way. Are you really? Well, you
0: can't. You can't I got the two days growth right Why? here. Because I've had it. I want my beard back. Why? Because I want my beard back. Oh. I'm growing it back out. There's nothing you can do about it. Oh. <sighs> I want my beard. I'm tired of this okay, oppression.
1: Don't. Just don't grow it as long. That was gross. No, I'm growing Grizzly Adams
0: this time. That's it's gross. going down on my belly. That's gross. It's going to be awesome. It's gross. It's going to be beautiful.
1: Okay. Well.
0: I wash my beard. I keep it clean. Mm. So yeah, we talked to Len Adams and Luke Nalivorski this week, uh, and we've had them on the show in the past. You know, and this this month, what I want to do is really talk to some of our friends and people from the Haunted America Conference uh, that we're going to be going to, and that's, that's next week, literally a week and a half from now, uh, June uh, June twenty first and twenty second. Did I get did I get the date right, yep. Amber? Yep. So Len and Luke are going to be there this year, and they're there every year. Uh, Amber, tell me a little bit about uh, Len and Luke.
1: Yeah, so the two American Hauntings tour guides have long been a fixture at the Haunted America Conference, continuing a tradition created by the late John Brill as an introduction to the weekend event. Luke is a longtime guide with the company and is the author of a number of books on ghosts, hauntings, and firsthand accounts with the paranormal. He is also, He is also mm-hmm. the owner of I Had That Toy a vintage and collectible store in Belleville, Illinois, and Len has also been a tour guide for American hauntings since the early 2000s. He is also the author of two books about ghosts and the unexplained. And uh, Luke brings all of his wares from his vintage toy store to the conference, and that's where I spent the most money last year because I got uh, those uh, Living Dead dolls, and I got It, the new It, and uh, uh, the most adorable little pinhead doll.
0: That's the one you gave me. Yeah. Yeah, that's in the hallway here. Yeah,
1: it is cute. And then of course Funko pop figurines. Like yeah,
0: you can just spend thousands of I got my He Man on. ones.
1: And in case you're interested in vintage Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figurines, Luke just got like it from Facebook, it looked like three hundred Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtle Power,
0: figurines. Enjoy our talk with Len Adams and Luke Nalaborski. Turtle Power?
2: I can't wait to get something new and then tear it apart. <laughs> right? He
3: goes through golf clubs like crazy, so it's fun. <clears> oh, to go really? A new golf club.
1: How do you destroy a golf club?
0: Oh, I can I can I can name like oh. five ways to destroy a How golf club. How though?
2: <laughs> I just I rip the gr- the grips off first. Oh,
1: thing. okay. I can see that.
2: I have to have my own kind of grip on there and stuff, and uh, then I play with the labels. Maybe I like them. Maybe I don't. I'm just, just, whatever. I'm working on that day in my head.
1: Oh, so you're modifying it? You're not like just playing. See, you're not destroying it. You're modifying it. I'm, th- modifying, I'm thinking it. Len is playing mm-hmm. so much golf, he's destroying the club. That's what I'm
3: thinking. <laughs> no, okay. I, no. I destroy. No, Usually, what happens? When I play. <laughs> he'll, he'll buy clubs a lot and then decide he doesn't like them and then get rid of them and get something new. And and I, I've actually my my set of irons I think came from Len from a set that he <laughs> he got. And he didn't care for so
2: Len originals. <laughs> I'll buy a club, regrip it, and then decide I don't like it without ever hitting it. Get something else.
0: I think the last I think the last game of golf I played. Um was over twenty years ago, and one of the golf carts ended up in one of the lakes, and we lost our security. Oh to Yeah, it was a pretty awesome golfing trip. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. They don't they 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 frown upon stuff like that. So yeah, I well, get it.
0: You know, there there was you know all we were drinking was water all day long. We you know all we were having was just water and tea and some orange juice. There was no alcohol uh-huh. involved whatsoever. Absolutely
3: not. <laughs> yeah, the two don't mix.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> so
3: um, that's great.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was an interesting golf trip, but Len and Luke are here uh guys first off well len adams luke nalaborski uh we're gonna get into all kinds of cool stuff but i again like i always do i want to thank you guys for taking some time to chat with us i know you're both very busy so thanks for spending some time with us here tonight
3: no absolutely glad to
0: be here now, we got a lot. Well, first off, let's just, let's just talk about the obvious, the elephant in the room here. We're going to be seeing each other in about a week and a half. Uh, yeah, about a week and a half. We're going to be seeing you guys in Alton, Illinois, at the uh, Haunted America Conference. And, we, I mean, now, you guys are there every year. And we, that's why one of the things we love about going to the conference is we get to see you guys. They're
1: the show opener. You guys
0: are the show openers every year. Um, and, I mean, how many years have you guys done that in a row now?
3: Oh, man, oh that's, that's tough. Yeah, because, I mean, I think I, I've, I might have spoke my first time probably about 14 years ago, maybe, at the conference. Yeah. I mean, it was back in Again, the early bookstore. Like it was around 06, maybe maybe 05. Um, you know, and it was right around the time, maybe a couple years after I had met Len and, uh, you know, Troy had introduced us to each other. So Len's probably longer than I have, though.
2: How long, I know. How yeah, my, go ahead, Len. I'm a couple years longer than Luke. I inherited the job from John Brill. Uh, John Brill, just one of the the coolest human beings you'd ever want to meet. But uh, I inherited the job from him when his health was going bad. He's the one that created strange stuff. Okay. And then I did it for a couple of years, and Luke and I had been investigating together. We had stories that both of us were involved with. So I told Luke, come on up. And he did, and he won't go away. <laughs> That's
3: right. Yeah, yeah. John actually, <laughs> John was um, the one who who brought m- me into the whole speaking thing too. Because um, there was whenever he hosted strange stuff, uh, there was one time that he had asked me if I would, would be willing to tell a story, and, and I said absolutely. And it was like the first time I ever got up and actually told a ghost story, and yeah, and uh, you know I've been doing it ever since. So,
0: well, you know, I want to ask so, you yeah, guys. that i want to ask you guys that question because um the two of you guys uh, the the, you guys were the the two of you remind me a lot of like myself and doug in the old days when we were doing this show uh because um, you know doug and i are both very different people we come from like different backgrounds different lifestyles we even listen to different music but we you know even to this day even though he's not really doing the show with us anymore we're still dear friends right we're really close and um, you know, we can just sit and gab and hang out and talk. And I, he's one of my favorite people to be around and, and all the years I've known you guys, like these are two very different people. Uh, but they, you know, watching you guys speak together. I mean, it's, it's always a lot of fun to still watch you guys riff with each other and have a good time. How did you guys actually meet and just start doing stuff together?
3: Um,
0: you want to take actually, that one?
3: Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Um, Troy actually introduced, cause I was drinking us, back then, I, so I don't remember. <laughs> he doesn't remember a whole lot. Right. Um, You know, Troy introduced us to each other, and uh, I was investigating with a team that was more on the Missouri side, and, you know, my travel that I was doing to go on investigations, it was just, it was getting tough, you know, a lot of late nights, and getting home, you know, at late hours and stuff, and Troy said, you know, well, Len Adams lives like 15 minutes from you, and, and, uh, you know, let me introduce the two of you together, and then he introduced us, and um, we hit it off right away, and and, uh, we started doing investigations together, and, um You know, we've still to this day, I mean, I I guess I've been investigating for about 17, 18 years now, and Mm -hmm. Len's maybe longer than that, but um, we've probably been investigating together for, I would think, maybe 15 years, uh, probably, because he introduced me to Len pretty early on, so...
0: yeah. And as as we said, you guys are there every year together now. Uh, And it's one thing I always look forward to, as I said, to watch you guys kind of do the opening comments and and, and just have, you know, it's just generally a lot of fun just to see you guys go back and forth. I I love seeing that. So we're looking forward to that next week for sure. That's going to be a big thing. Now, when we were kind of going back and forth, like, what do we want to talk about tonight? There's all kinds of stuff to talk about. And you guys were just throwing things at, at me. And one of them was Keith's house. Now, I don't know who Keith is. I assume you guys do. But we wanted to talk about okay. Keith's house. Who Who is this elusive Keith we're talking about? You want me to take care to? of this
3: one? You, you got
4: it. Okay.
2: Yeah. I'll chime in. Keith Owens, a really great guy. Uh, last, last fall, I was helping the St. Clair County, this is in Illinois, St. Clair County Historical Society put together their Haunted Ghost Walk, which they do, you know, and it's a fundraiser. And I was introduced to Keith, as in he has this really cool house, and just down the street, it's on one of the most historic, most haunted streets in Belleville, Illinois. Aubin, A B E N D. Okay. And uh, and I went, and uh, we we got, to, I got to know Keith by doing the tours, and he even have him speaking a little bit. And we hit it off, and and I talked, I said, "Hey, could we get in and pop, do a real investigation in that?" And he said, yes, uh, Luke Metting, Uh we all hit it off, and this is a huge twenty six room historic home. oh wow. it's it was in very sad shape. Keith is trying to bring it back to its former glory. It's going to take a while. but this this was it's had many different owners, but one of them was William Bissell the first Republican governor of Illinois, Abraham Lincoln was in this home visiting the Bissells. Okay. That's how historic this home is. Yes. And uh, we had heard stories, and I had been talking to Keith a couple of times. I was in the home, nothing, and then uh, I had Luke and my wife, Kim, and who Sherry and Josh were with us, and Keith is walking everybody through the house, I heard the stories already, so I'm hanging back, taking pictures. We're upstairs. Everybody's in the back area of this room. I turn, and I see a woman walk right past the doorway. And I I looked, and then I went and counted heads, and I go, oh, crap, we got an extra one. (laughs) And went running out. These are great. These are the no-brainers. When something like this happens, you don't have to, well, is it haunted or isn't it? Oh, yes, it is. Now let's find out why. So that's how we're in this home, this beautiful home. So you, I mean, more or less in, you know, you
0: counted heads and there was an extra person there? Oh, I turned, I watched a
2: woman walk right past the doorway. Oh, wow. When everybody else was the other way. And I turned and looked and I go, wait a minute. And I quickly counted heads. And I won't use the words I use, but it's a little blankety blank. We got a runner. It was <laughs> of course a- I run out in the, that's <laughs> in the hallway. Nobody's that. <laughs> Well, why, I mean, just to get into that a little bit though, uh,
0: you say, I mean, and I mean, this is just cause I'm interested in this idea. Um, you say that there's no doubt in your mind, the place is haunted. Why do you, I mean, I mean, I, I guess seeing things like that, that's going to convince me too, but is there any other reasons yet you think that, I mean, you're convinced a hundred percent that this is a haunted building?
2: I had, um, I had one of the entities talk to me down in the basement, down in the cellar. Okay. It's a the massive cellar. It's kinda like uh oh what was the what was the movie with um I'm blanking on everybody's name. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's a cavernous basement, you know, little rooms here all over the place. Okay. And we were down there doing our first official investigation and I'm down in the cellar with Josh and, and none of my equipment is working. I actually had a camera go bad on me down there. Okay. And after two hours, I'm mad. I'm standing up and I'm, oh, you blankety blanks. I came down here to talk to you. All you can do is tear up my equipment. <laughs> and all I had left was my cell phone. So I put on a uh, ghost radar that Luke had shown me. So I go here, this is the only thing I have left. Ruin this. And all of a sudden these words start popping through. Music, music teach, music, music. I go, music. Then I thought, oh, Keith plays music through the home to keep everything quiet. So I go, do you want me to turn the music on again? All of a sudden, Wicked, Wicked, Wicked is popping up on the phone. And I'm going, Wicked, is this bad? Do I need to run? Music, Wicked, music, Wicked. So I go upstairs
4: Mm -hmm.
2: and I talk to Keith and tell him what's going on. He starts laughing. Wicked is the musical that he plays. That's the music he plays downstairs. Okay for these entities because they enjoy it. But they were telling me here, turn the music back on dummy.
3: Huh. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, the interesting thing with, uh, with this house is Keith is, is, you know, he works for the national archives. He's really into history and research and all that stuff. And uh, I think he's very accepting of the spirits there. And I think that he understands, um, you know, that this is their home. He's merely a visitor to their home. And, um, you know, there's this nice relationship that they have where, anything that Keith is doing to the house, he's really making sure that the spirits there are proof. And one of my favorite stories that he was telling us was when he was getting ready to paint one of the rooms, he grabbed, a, you know, a few different palette, uh things of as far as what colors he was wanting to use. And he taped them to the wall and he told the spirits in the house that, you know, he's going to leave these on the wall. He said tomorrow morning, whichever one is still hanging, that's what color we're going to paint the walls. And sure enough, when he came in the next day, there was only one that was still stuck. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, a lot of the things that he's doing, I mean, he's trying to respect the spirits that are there, and, and uh, you know, he, he doesn't want them to leave. He doesn't want them out of the house or anything, and it just seems like uh, the relationship that he has with the spirits, it's, it's cordial. Um, there's nothing evil or anything like that. And when you walk into the house, I mean, it, it again, it's such a historic home, but you, you can you can feel it, and you don't have to have any kind of special abilities or, or you know, anything like that. And you walk in, and you can feel that there's, there's things going on there, but it's a very comforting type of a feeling as well. You
0: know, and that's, go ahead, Amber, do you have something you were to gonna...
1: I was just going to say, did he feel stuff when he moved in there? Or, I mean, did that house have, was it rumored to be haunted, like one of those places? Or did he go move in there, start renovating, and things started happening that made him feel that something was still there?
2: I, Glenn, think, I don't think he bought it. I don't think he bought it because it was supposedly haunted. I don't think he even knew or anybody else. Okay. But uh, when he started doing things right away, see, uh, Keith. Uh, unfortunately, his wife. I think they were married fourteen or seventeen years. Passed away two years ago. Oh. And so, and his kids are older, so they you know he was pretty much on his own, and I think he bought this house because of the neighborhood the people that he knew, but I think it was a project. You know, you need something to do. Yeah. Something to get your mind off of this. And this has just become a labor of love. It's like he's not alone there anymore. But he's not alone in a good way.
0: Well, you know, it's it's that thought is is it's funny and interesting at the same time because as you're telling me this, you know, I think about, you know, especially where we live here in Detroit, one of the things I've said for years about detroit and maybe in the last five years this idea has started to surface and people have started to think in the right way where i think where we're here in detroit we've had no problem just just completely annihilating our history all the 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 majority of the historic buildings Mm -hmm. that were in detroit they've been leveled the hudson's building's been leveled right so we can put a ballpark there for example um we, we don't embrace our history that much i mean it's interesting because we have, and I mean, I don't mean to take this into little weeds, but the younger generation of all people, I think, you know, I hear the stuff about young, you know, the younger people that oh, they, you know, all they do is stare at their phones and all these things, and I say the same stuff too. I'm I'm a, I'm a cranky old man. However, a lot of these young people I meet, they're fascinated with history. They're fascinated with the past. They're very nostalgic. They, they like. The, the comforting times that a lot of things, the, these historic things we think about we're in. And you find a lot of these people not only trying to emulate those old ideas in some ways, but they also want to preserve those ideas and those those monuments, right? So what I think is really cool, you know, I think, I was going to say there's not enough of that still. I don't think they're really, and I still, you know, based on that fact I just said, um, there still isn't enough of that. I think people are quick to just level buildings down and, On a metaphysical level, who knows what that means? You know, what are you doing? I mean, maybe there are these spirits, and this is the only place they have to go to, for whatever reason it may be, right? Right. And it's it's kind of like it's kind of like going through the you know, I mean, uh, we've heard about the 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 forests and deforest, you know, deforestation and tearing down trees and, uh, you know, animals are losing their homes. And I'm not trying to equate the spirits to animals, but it's the same idea, it seems like that people are quick Mm -hmm. to just annihilate uh, uh, monuments from the past uh, and or a lot of them just fall apart. They just fall in disrepair. Such as this Detroit, for example. Amber, you've been down there.
1: Well, that there. Detroit's problem was ten years of neglect. Well, ten years and more of neglect. It, ten years and saving, more. They're saving. There are a lot Decades. of historical buildings down there that have been preserved and currently are being saved. They are now, but
0: yeah. not ten years ago. But
1: I think every big city has suffered that. It's not, and and small cities have suffered yeah. that. A lot of historical loss because there's just not people like how we're talking about Keith. There's not people that have the passion or the ability or the time to put effort into restoring that kind of stuff. Well
0: yeah, it's it's also as we know, it's a it's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot of people don't have that. And if kind you're of not,
1: money. if you're not into like ghosts and you know well, your, your place is rumored to be haunted, well, you know. <laughs> I
0: mean, Amber, you remember like we talked about when I when I, when I was house shopping that the idea came up of buying a Victorian house, an old Victorian well, house in Detroit, sure. which I know is Amber's complete. Her eye, you should, you guys should have seen her eyes blink, blink when I when I said that. But <laughs> um, I said, well, look, it's going to be our primary residence, and these houses are falling apart. It Just. It, when you're when you're like when you're a, you know where I am in life, it's just not practical to do that. You got a lot of other stuff you got to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. that's part of the right. problem, I think. Not I didn't mean to take us all into the weeds here with this thing, but going back to the you know the more fringe stuff on this, um, it's 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 really cool that I, that I like I think like Amber said too that Keith has this relationship because I don't think you're not only respecting what spirits are there, you're respecting history.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, there's there's a house that's about six blocks away from Keith's house. Yeah. Still in the historic district. Luke, this would be back on High Street behind the new YMCA. Okay. Or the, uh-huh. the downtown YMCA.
4: Yeah. I yeah, actually,
2: yeah, okay. I, I, this lady had moved into a historic home and didn't really have to do that much, but it turned out that there was an entity in the home Mm-hmm. That didn't like some of the things that she was doing, and we ended up doing a bit of an investigation. And we didn't try and get rid of this guy. This was his home. We taught him to cohabitate with the lady. To there are there ground rules. Yeah, I shouldn't say we. I'm sorry. I I, I did this one, Luke. I think I uh, Amy Myers was with, with me, maybe Sandy. You, but you, uh, this was a. To- I know, I was cheating on you, (laughs) cheating on you with our own people. (laughs) But anyway, this was, this was a crazy, this was a crazy place. And this poor guy, the spirit that was haunting or living in the place, he had lost everything in a really bitter divorce early in the turn of the century. And the house was the only thing that he came out of the divorce with. And he loved that house. And so when he passed away, he didn't want to leave. When his body quit, he didn't want to leave. And once we got him to you know, say, okay, rules, this is where she goes, this is where you go, da-da-da, and everything's been great ever since.
0: Uh, How do you communicate that, though, to a spirit? I mean, I don't want to get too too, too, uh, granular, but I'm just curious about that.
2: You have to have a friend that can kind of see these things and communicate with these things. Okay. Oh, with these entities, I shouldn't say things. Uh, one of our good friends is Amy Myers, who lives up in Quincy, Illinois,
4: mm-hmm. and
2: uh, she's helped me tremendously on on several uh, investigations. Okay, when I can get her to come down. <laughs> so I mean, it's My mediumship. My wife sees things, but then she just kind of walks away. It's like I don't want to do this.
0: <laughs> so this is med- <laughs> more or less it's a med- it's a it's mediumship then. I mean, that's what you use to communicate. Because I mean. I've heard all different types of ways to to try to do this stuff, even down to going, you know, I'm just going to start yelling this in the hallway, like, look, this is what you need to do. And people have said they've gotten results that way. So I'm always curious to hear how people try to initiate communication like that,
2: right? Well, we have all the bells and whistles and try and get the normal communications, but when we really got to get in depth or we got a really human thing going on here, Mm -hmm. you know, feelings and stuff and, and a story, that's when we try and bring in Amy or uh, Sherry. Kane is a friend of ours that can kind of do this stuff, also.
3: Yeah. So I think sometimes, depending on on the type of entity you're dealing with, too. I mean, it, sometimes it could take a stern voice. You know, maybe sometimes it, it would take a, a male type medium who can communicate and be stern, or sometimes it would take more of a compassionate sounding, you know, female one to be able to convey the message as well. So, um, you know, I mean, and we always talk about how. You know we don't have the answers. You know, th- everybody's learning as we go on all of this stuff. And um you know there's a lot of people have paved the way. and I think uh, unfortunately, a lot of what you see on TV is kind of changing the path and and going in a totally completely different direction than than what I agree with. yeah, um, but as long as I think sometimes we stick to our roots and and you know I, I always say, you know you respect people in life. you respect them in death. and um, you know, provoking and, and being uh, intimidating to these spirits and stuff. I, I don't agree with that at all, but I do feel that sometimes yeah. um, it might take an attitude like that, I think, to kind of to move things and set some some rules and guidelines.
0: Well, I mean, you're... But that's
3: a last resort.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. what we're assuming here, and I, and I do believe this myself, that the personality we carry in life, that that we we carry that into our death, into wherever we whatever yeah. we become. Uh, this is just another, it's a, you know. I mean, going down the idea that, look, you what you are in this physical body is what you're going to be in your astral body too. So that consciousness is going to go with you along with that personality, that attitude. So you know what we're talking about. It's based on that idea. I think it, you know, like, look, this person's going to respond to certain things. Like you said, maybe they need you know someone to be stern with them. Maybe they need somebody to be compassionate with them. Uh, and that's a con- to me that's under the whole idea that you know, this is carrying your consciousness through both these types of existences we're talking about. Um, it's a fascinating idea because I know. I think Len, you mentioned that a second ago. Like these aren't things; these are these are entities. And to me, those are people still. They're just not physical it's people. Yeah, it's, it's you. Yeah, it's your body you.
2: died, but you didn't.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and I think that's I mean, times, go ahead.
3: No, I'm sorry. I was going to say a lot of times when people find out, you know, that that I'm an investigator, and they automatically assume that all spirits are evil. You know, they're all they're all demons. Aren't you scared to deal with them? And I'm like, you know, not at all because that's that's not what they are. And yeah, there, there's going to be some dark ones. I mean, if you're going into a home where a serial killer murdered, you know, so many people and he's the one that haunts that spot. Yeah. He's not going to be a fun guy to deal with. Yeah. You know, but when we're going into these homes where, you know, this person lived there their entire life, you know, and they love the house so much that they're still there. They're, they're not going to be evil. They're not going to be mean, you know what I mean? And, and it, it, there's just, I think so many false pretensions about as far as what people think spirits are. And, uh, you know that's something that that we kind of deal with in a lot of different ways. Just like Len had said, you know, there's there's different ways to deal with different people, and yeah, um, you know, I just think there's a lot of Hollywood. Obviously, is twisting a lot of this stuff as far as what, <laughs> Oh, of course, Yeah, but you know, actually, it's putting it in the mainstream and it's getting the ideas of this stuff out there more and stuff. So, I mean, there's some positives about it as well, and it's a double-edged um, just, sword. Unfortunately. You know, it is because you know yeah. there's a lot of people who are learning how to do investigations from the shows on TV, yeah, and and I you know and that's not always the right way. So
0: well, I you know so, yeah,
3: double I, sword. I mean, there's pluses and, and negatives. Yeah,
0: I think the idea though, going back to you know people automatically assuming that when you say you're a paranormal investigator that it's all evil. I you know I, I heard this idea years ago, and I always say that I think. I don't know if it's always people think it's an evil thing, but I think just we're dealing with They're the unknown. are scared of it. Well, no, no, we're dealing with the unknown yeah. here. Okay, we're, we, we are. Whether it's good or it's bad, we're dealing with the unknown. And I heard a quote years ago where basically someone, they took that idea like, okay, the unknown to people, in most cases, equals death, right? And obviously death, for us, you know, we don't, that's something we try to steer away from. I mean, eventually it's going to happen to you. But I think death, For most people physical death we're talking about is a scary thing right um so you know when i say the term unknown a lot of people equate that to death and that's why i think they're scared to a certain degree i mean i won't say that there's been times that i was like oh my god i'm getting the heebie jeebies here i can't deal with this right um i think that may be part of the idea idea i do think to your point though uh luke that i think a lot of people have had the conditioning unfortunately through through TV shows, through movies, uh, especially, where everything that comes across as an entity, yeah, it's evil, it's something scary, it's something mm-hmm. that wants to take you take you away from your family and take you into <laughs> the darkness and all this stuff, right And then, uh, while, uh, while I find it very in- entertaining, <laughs> I mean, I know better, right you guys know better, Amber knows better, but that's what people when, you know when they haven't studied this stuff for decades, like all of us have. Yeah, that's that's a natural thing I think people are going to they're going to they're going to respond that way. You know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah, I mean, I think it's very natural, but I also think and you know, you're right. I think a lot of people are more are being exposed to this stuff and that's why I said the double-edged sword. Uh, some people are being exposed to this thing and they're saying, "You know what? They're more in, you know, they're more inquisitive than just, "Hey, I want to go out and find a ghost." because it's super easy because mm-hmm. I saw it on a TV show and they had it done in 20 minutes. Um, right. Some people really want to ask questions. And, and those are the people I like to talk to. Those are the people I find interesting. Amber is raising her hand for the class. You,
1: you, well, that's how I let you know that <laughs> I have to say. Raising her hand for the class. Go I ahead. don't have to talk over you. Anyway, you, you guys have been doing this for so long. From the moment you started to now, how have your beliefs and things changed or altered
2: I'll go.
3: That's a good question. I, yeah, go ahead, one. I
2: thought, give me I thought when I was... <laughs> I thought... He's looking into one of, our, one of Troy's books to mm-hmm. answer this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought when I first started doing this that I thought, oh, good, we're going to be able to explain this and put it in its little box. Explain this, put it in its little box. Instead of black and white, that gray area has just blown up in my face. It's just amazing how many times you'll be on an investigation or all the tours that we do, and all of a sudden you're going, "I didn't know that could happen." <laughs> we're supposed to be in charge, and a lot, and we're just flying by the seat of our pants, basically. But for beliefs, I don't know. I was raised, I was raised Catholic, Catholic grade school the whole bit, but I just. I don't think it's as cut and dried as people are taught.
4: Yeah. You know,
2: heaven, hell, angels, all that. There's a lot of stuff going on that just, I just don't know why. And that, that's the thing as a kid. I was a good kid and the nuns beat the crap out of me. That <laughs> sounds because right. Because I questioned, I questioned right? everything. They could yeah. be evil. And I still do that to this day. And I, so I, I, think I just, it's, uh, it, I want to know why. want them that's it. I'm good. Yeah,
3: I think, <laughs> and a lot like what Len said too. It is exactly the way that I feel on a lot of this too. Because, I mean, I've had experiences when I was a kid. Um, I used to love the scary stories to tell in the dark books. Yes. Yeah. Looking very forward to the movie coming out. Hope yep. it's done well. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of things when I was a kid, especially with watching a lot of movies and stuff. And, and you kind of, you know, we talked about the unknown, you know, and, and I've always kind of had question marks about that just because of some of the experiences that I had as a kid. Um, there, there is no yes and no answer. And, and I always tell people, you know, we're trying to find the answers. Uh, but in a way, I kind of hope we don't because I'm having so much fun looking for them. And kind of like what, what Len said with, um, you know, hearing like new things that we're encountering, whenever I interview homeowners or stuff, I always feel like there's so much more stuff out there that that we're we're getting. You know, like just when you think you've heard it all, there's something new. You know, as far as like things that are happening to people, the activity, the stories behind them. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I think I've really kind of developed through the years, just from being in this field, is I love history. I mean, I, I've I've loved history so much more now than I ever did as a kid. Um, you know, could be part of growing, just getting older. You know, and I'm not watching cartoons anymore. Now I'm watching History Channel and Discovery and all that stuff. But I love history. And, and when I'm driving down the road now, I feel like I'm so observant of the land now. Um, you know, when you're driving down the road and I'm, I see a field, I'm like, man, there's a tree sitting there all by itself. I bet there's a, a family cemetery there. I bet there used to be a house right there. You know, it's long gone. And, and uh, you know, I think that that's something that being interested in the paranormal has kind of led me, you know, to be more observant of yeah. this surroundings.
0: It's funny cuz I do a lot of bike riding and I like to go out and take a lot of walks and that's been a regular thing for me now for over 10 years and one thing I noticed like over that time is I you know cuz I'm doing the same thing Luke I'm always looking around I'm always observing things and just seeing what I can see and you'd be surprised what you see if you really are looking but I found myself mm-hmm. to be finding a lot more and seeing a lot more things around me when I'm on my bike, for example, or when I'm out walking, for example, I notice things um for example, I was riding my bike one day and I rode under one of the freeways uh around here, and I was in, you know under the freeway uh, and I look and I see a plaque on the wall like this this it was kind of a zinked out it was kind of you know been sitting there for a while, so it had been weathered a little bit so and it's this mm-hmm. it's this plaque on the wall, I'm like what the hell So I run my bike up to there. And it, it's a that part of the freeway that overhang was dedicated to a state trooper who lost his life in this in the line of duty and I'm like gotcha. well, I would have never seen that because i I mean I drove I drive under this rant, this uh part of the freeway on my car all the time but I, and I never mm-hmm. would have saw that unless I you know a wasn't really looking and b um was on my bike where I was slowed down a little bit. I wasn't moving as fast. I could actually take a second to observe something and see that. And I think that does come the same way. I think that you're talking about Luke, where you know it makes you much more observant because you're looking at all the details now. You're not just looking for the. You mm-hmm. know, I think that's what the. Uh, I tell people a lot about studying this stuff, or you know. Uh, whatever and whatever capacity that is is that it's the subtleties i think it isn't the it isn't going to be the the big apparition jumping out of the wall and jumping on you and going blah 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 or whatever it's right. um it's these subtleties that we normally don't pay attention to in our regular lives i think those are what i what people should be looking for in this stuff
3: yeah when um and, and i'm sure len will speak to this too since you know len and i are both tour guides for um the Alton Haunting's Ghost Tours, which is Troy Taylor's tours based on his Haunted and Alton book. Yes, and when when we go on the tours or do the tours, we have a lot of people who are there because they want to see a ghost. You know, you have the people who are there because they they just enjoy the stories or they are fascinated by the history. But come October, you know, people want to get scared. They they want to see a ghost, and and that's not what we're about. Um, it doesn't mean that something may or may not happen. It just means you know if you're so focused on experiencing something like that you're probably, you're, you might be let down, you know, I mean, we want, we want people to come in, we want them to listen to the stories, um, see the locations that we're going to, and, but I always make it clear to people up front that if you try so hard to see a ghost, you might miss something that's so obvious, you know, because you're looking for that full-figured, you know, apparition, holy grail sighting. Mm -hmm. Um, There's little subtleties on the tours of things that we encounter, like little touches and things like that, or the cold breezes, and, Um, one of the the last location we, we do on the tours, the first Unitarian church, there's been times we've been in there and we're telling the stories. And in the background, you hear like three or four notes get hit on a piano, you know, but if, if you're so focused on waiting for that big moment, you may never have even heard it, Yeah, but it's, it's a sound, it's an interaction. Um, there's nobody playing the piano. the pianos in the room where we're telling the stories. You can clearly see nobody sitting there, but sometimes people miss like those little subtle type hints and interactions that the spirits are trying to do with us,
0: yeah, totally.
1: Have you ever had someone want their money back because they didn't experience oh something paranormal on your tour we
3: we had uh, we <laughs> actually had a bad review on Facebook oh. because uh, somebody said they didn't see a ghost oh my god and, um, and and, I, and I, I tell people, like, once somebody left a review like that, a lot of times when I'm doing my intro, I, always, I even say that. I'm like, I'm sorry, but we do not give refunds if you don't see a ghost. It's not <laughs> something that we can promise, and we make that very clear up front. So, but yeah, no, we've had people, I've, you know, we've had a couple. I've had people, people stop and yell at
2: me people... from their cars.
1: What? What? So what?
2: At the end of the tour, as yeah. they're leaving, you know, we never just leave. Luke will take back me up. We're, we're still talking to people out front. Okay. Wherever we stop, and I've had people stop in their vehicles. Oh, this was BS. It was too much history. Or, oh, my. Or, oh. Our, or like Luke said, I didn't see a ghost or yep. something like that. The I, best I, one you know, in a private tour, I did a private tour. This is at least 12, 14 years ago. Yeah. And the lady came on the tour. It was a lawyer's group. I don't know what her function was, but she showed up. She was already three sheets into the wind. So I made her my helper. Okay. And that church was the last stop we were at. And then we all went back. We still had Troy's bookstore. And I didn't see her, didn't see her. Finally, she comes walking in. She gets within 10 feet of me and goes, you son of a, and threw the flashlight as hard as she could at me. She got to see a ghost.
1: Wait, so she actually she saw, saw something.
2: something? W- say say again, Len, sorry. I was just saying uh, be careful what you wish for.
0: Oh. <laughs> um, but you said she was half in the bag, right?
2: Yeah, I don't know what happened, but let's just say I put her in locations that if something could happen. It oh, might have okay, happened to her. okay, I got you. Okay, <laughs> it All could right. have been the power of suggestion, but I just kind of stuck her in places that I normally wouldn't do that. And she, I'll tell you one thing.
3: <laughs> yeah, kind of, what kind Len of said too. I mean, and and you know, with people wanting to see a ghost, I mean, we go inside some creepy locations. Um, I like to turn the lights out just to add to it, and I feel that power of suggestion is very strong. And I think if I get you in a, a creepy enough place, and I'm telling these stories. I can probably make you see things, you know, I can make your mind play tricks on you. Um, but it's also a thing where we don't want to insult your intelligence. We don't want to make something appear that's, that's not there. Um, I, I've been on tours before where, you know, they point stuff out like, oh, what was that? Did you see that door move and stuff like that? And, and I, I don't agree with that. I think anytime the tour guide is purposely trying to point stuff out, it's probably not really happening. Um, yeah. So on our tours, all we're going to do is we're going to tell you the history. We're going to use that history to explain the hauntings. We're going to tell you some experiences that you know, we've had ourselves or that other people involved with our group have had, and then we're going to move on to the next location. So you know, if something happens during that time, wonderful. If it doesn't, you've got some really cool stories. So that's kind of where I leave it. And If, yeah. you know, if they want all the bells and whistles and the, the actors and costumes trying to scare you, there's haunted attractions you can go to for that. And you know, if you want to spend your thirty dollars to walk through a really hot maze and have people jump out and scare you, yeah, I understand that. That's fine, but mm-hmm. that's not exactly what we are.
2: Well, and that's. Uh, I think every tour. I think the tours are good because every tour guide has their own slant, yeah, on things. That their own way of doing things. So it's not you're not going to get the same thing. It's not like we're robots. We're out there. We're like for us, it's like herding cats, <laughs> trying to keep everybody <laughs> together. But we do the best we can. I ha- I have to comment. Luke talks about he likes to leave the lights off. He leaves them off far longer than I do. Oh really? So I was helping. I was helping him several months ago, and we were in this location, and he wouldn't turn the lights on. Wouldn't. I'm looking, and about fifteen feet from me, I see this thing materializing up out of the floor, and the whole time I want to turn the lights on but I'm leaving them off because Luke is telling the story for respect to him. But I'm like, you better shut up. We need the lights. We need the light. I am just standing in the (laughs)
4: dark
2: while I'm watching this thing come in and out of the floor. And it's like, finally, it's like, turn the GD lights on. (laughs) Leah. Well, I mean, but fortunately several, several other people saw the same thing. So I, it wasn't me. It wasn't just me. So, but he uh, that every guide is different. But I, I think that's the cool thing is we're not robots.
1: Have you guys on your tours ever seen something that genuinely startled you? That you would think well, I guess oh, yeah. that's that's actually paranormal, not human.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we both have had, I mean, so many experiences in, and inside the church is uh, you know, that's that's one of my favorite spots on the tour and generally as I tell people if something's going to happen, it's it's probably going to be there. Um but yeah, I, I've seen uh, full shadowy figures and in there and uh you know i won't go into the full story but i i've got one story where one of the people on my tour it was a private tour with coworkers he went down into the basement by himself which i had made very clear to everybody you know please nobody go beyond these certain doors and he decided to do it. and we were actually leaving the building until i realized that his girlfriend was standing there but he was gone and you know i had asked her I'm like you know do you know where he's at and she said no i have no idea And i'm like well call his cell phone and find out where he's at so Come to find out, he had went down into the basement. So, I mean, he was very close to getting locked inside the building all night. Wow. Um, But, yeah, so I told her to tell him to come upstairs, you know, that we'll meet him in the back room of the church. And Mm -hmm. so she told him, and I went in with two volunteers, and we were standing in this back room waiting for him. And we hear him coming up the basement stairs. We hear the door open. And then you got to kind of walk down a little hallway, and then you turn down into another hallway, which was leading straight towards us. So, you know, we could see him at that point. Yeah. He had already taken several steps towards us when all of a sudden this dark, shadowy figure stepped out of the hallway. And, you know, it it was coming behind him, but where he was walking towards us, this shadow was actually pacing back and forth left or right. It wasn't following him, but it was stopping and almost watching him, making sure that he was leaving. Mm. And I saw it, my two volunteers I brought in with me, they saw it. In fact, at that point, one of my volunteers took off running, and the other one, or um, the guy who was coming off from the basement, I told him, I said, hey, it's time to go, come on. So he knew something was wrong, so he kind of started, you know, speeding out of the room. And my other volunteer tried to take off, and I, I horse-collared him and yanked him back. And I said, you know, do you see that? And he said, the shadow, and I'm like, yeah, because that's one of the things, uh, when things happen to us, we never really point out, do you see this specific thing? Right. We say, you know, do you see that, or yeah. what do you see? Just to make sure that we're seeing the same, same thing. Same thing. Yeah. And um, yeah. And he saw the same shadowy figure. And um, you know, at this point, i you know, I said, hey, I, you know, I've never felt threatened in the church, but I know when it's time to leave, and and this is one of those times. So, you know, we kind of grabbed what we could and got out. But, um, that was unnerving. I mean, there was there was four of us in there. Three of us saw it. and The only reason the fourth person didn't see it was because he had his back to he it back and to decided it. to to get out of there quickly.
0: You know, one of the hardest things I think that. We have, and this has been for the last ten minutes. I've been thinking about this because uh, it's been kind of a thread through this. Is this idea of suggestion, right? Um, and I, mm-hmm. I, I, know we're all on the same page here with this because I tell people my my term actually is front loading people. Like you know, when I mm-hmm. whether whether I'm showing someone a photo or or letting someone hear a piece of audio, I do my best not to front load them. I just say, here, look at this, and tell me what you see, or listen to this, and tell me what you right. hear. And I imagine, I know, and that's what I think is a challenging thing, I mean, with doing a tour, like tours of this sort, is, I know you guys, because you've, you've already said it, and I know you guys, too, uh, you're you're doing your best not to front load people. You're, you're, but it's hard, I think, not to do that in a certain way, because you're telling stories. And that's what this is, is a tour. Right. You're telling stories. So it's really tough, I think, to you know get people to look at things objectively, right, and uh, and I think that's, I mean, you follow what I'm saying with that? It seems like that would be a very difficult thing to have to deal with doing tours like this.
3: Uh, you in it? my opinion, I, I, yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, and and the thing is, I mean, when we're taking it into haunted locations, we have to give you the information. Yeah, um, There's been times, though, where I've taken somebody into a spot, and I've only told the history, and somebody experiences something that I know, okay, you know, this is one of the things that happens in here a lot. Um You know, there was a a time where uh, down in the, we we go inside a slave tunnel, and one of the things that people encounter down there is it feels like a child is holding your hand or you'll get the little tugs on your shirt that's going to make you look down and you're going to see a kid. Uh, Now, this is one of the areas where when I get everybody into that room, I turn all the lights out because I want to show people, you know, they would have had candlelight in this room, but I guarantee you the slightest sound outside and this is what they see, you know, and I turn all the lights out just to show how dark it is down there, Yeah, you know, and, and to let the people know, like, think about how scared you would be that right now you're about to be caught and you're going to be sent back south, you know? So, um, whenever I turn the lights out, I think, you know, sometimes that heightens people's other senses, you know, they can no longer see, but now they can hear better. They can feel better. Things like that. Mm-hmm. And there's been times where I'll turn the lights out. I'll be telling you know, more of the history or something. And somebody will start screaming for me and turn the light on. I turn it on. What's wrong? it felt like a little kid was holding my hand, you know? And, like, there was this one lady who just completely lost it. She was crying so much. And when I asked what happened, that's what she said. It felt like a little kid was holding her hand. The thing is, is nobody was standing on that side of her. She was actually standing at the far end of the tunnel against the wall. So it couldn't have been somebody else accidentally touched her hand, brushed her hand, or anything. Um, and the skeptics with a story like this, they would probably say, you know, you're in a dark area, you're telling ghost stories, she made it up. Um, all I can tell you is that... What she experienced is similar to a whole bunch of other people. Um, She had no reason to make this up. The lady was in tears from this, and it wasn't because she was scared. She made it very clear to me that it was because it just felt so sad. Um, So I really felt that she was very genuine with her reaction. I really do feel that she experienced what she did, but here's where we have the other issue. It was one person. You know, I've got 30 people down in that room, but it was one person who felt that. The rest of us got the crap scared out of us when she started screaming. You know, we have all the lights out. (laughs) But for her, the actual paranormal encounter, she was the only person.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. But you guys, I'm sure, have some type of stats put together, too. From all the people you've given tours to there, I, I, I'm wondering, I mean, I, I don't know if there's any hard numbers, but I'm wondering if you guys have noticed there's been a certain, well, you've mentioned already that the church is probably, if, they're, if you're going to have an experience, it's going to be at the church. So I'm sure that's the place that has had the heaviest, uh, 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 the most frequent amount of encounters, let's say. Am I correct? Yeah, I would, I would
3: think. The you know, more
0: I'm reliable.
2: Yeah. The more reliable is in your shirt, sure, you're kind of sure that something might happen. I mean, I, I said that wrong. If it, like Luke said, <laughs> if something's going to happen, that's the location.
0: Okay. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's something. It's, I, it seems to me like, yeah, in that one situation uh, that you were talking about, Luke, yeah, only one person experiencing, experienced something in that situation. But, I mean, right. I, it seems like over time that's, you're going you're gonna to get an idea of the hotter spots of the tour. For example,
3: yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, it it was one person that night, yeah. But I've had people encounter that on other nights too, and and you know, Len and I, and Len actually says it best. um, He always says, you know, ghosts don't just come out in October. Um, However, the locations that we go into, they tend to get more active in October. Um, And I, you know, we've talked about this all the time, and, and the reason is, is we're doing, we do two walking tours and a bus tour every Friday and Saturday night in October. We're right. bringing 120 people through those buildings each of those nights, mm-hmm. and we, you know, the tour goers. Those are the people who are energizing these places. You know, they're the ones who are bringing all their energy into these places, and that's why it's getting more and more active. It's, it has nothing to do with you know being Halloween or anything like that. It's because of them. You know, it's their energy. It's uh, helping these spirits be able to get energy to manifest, and I think that's why, like, kind of as we go through October things tend to happen more frequently towards the end
0: well yeah people are charged that, they're, they're, well
1: that are makes charged. sense exactly. and that kind of goes also with when we were talking to uh was it brandon Masulo, am i saying the last name right yeah you got it um and he's going to be at troy's event this uh this year and he his big focus is human emotion and the paranormal and yeah. how that plays mm-hmm. a uh, massive role in experiences people oh, yeah, have
0: yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I, I think... Emotions, everything.
0: Well, yeah, and I mean, I think even... You don't have to be a spirit or an entity to feel human energy. We all can feel that. I know I feel that. I I get vibes and... and and impressions, and I feel people's energy. Everybody I meet, and like Amber, you said when I walked in from work today, you're like your energy was really low when you came in. Came in, you were you were crabby, you were crabby when you came in. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, I just got home from work. What do you want? Right.
1: You're a little
0: crabber. Uh, I'm also tired, but I'm you know a whole other thing. But right. But you know, and I believe that Amber, Amber. <laughs> well, I,
1: that's the difference between I think paranormal people and regular. I'm like your energy is really bad right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but
3: you Amber, go back outside and change that and come back
1: in. Again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those same yourself.
4: <laughs>
0: but I, think, I think
2: we oh, as your pine tree and sitting in the sun. I think people have that. Hey, I do that. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I have these, uh, 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 you know Kelly Weaver? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In yeah.
2: Pennsylvania? Kelly told me that, uh, uh, well, she, uh, just amazing. First time I ever met her, I walked up to say hello, and she looked at me and gave me a big hug, and she says, honey, you got it you got to be very careful and since then she kind of tutored me in little things but she said when the energy's low i talk about these beautiful white pine trees that i have in my yard how much i love them she says go out and sit and hug your tree and talk to them <laughs> it'll make you feel better and you know it what does. it does well no to your point though i mean as far as that like
0: uh, uh, we've been having that conversation it seems like a lot um with people from all different walks of life on this show and we keep hitting this point of to raise your energy or to you know make yourself feel better relieve stress sometimes you just need to go out and be a part of the earth like i hear this over Mm -hmm. and over again from people where they say look take your shoes off take your socks off and just stand in the dirt for a couple minutes or yeah go out and sit by a tree or maybe even you know, yeah. Maybe go out and hug a tree. Who gives a shit? Hug a tree. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Do something, right? Right. Um, be, to become right. one with to become one with nature like that, because I think you know, not to run down too far into these weeds, but yeah, I think as people we we forget about that stuff. We're busy with our jobs and our phones and our TVs and all these things that are that are created by people. Uh, And we don't—I don't think we get—we go back to that enough as people. I think that's why people are having stress problems and anxiety problems a lot more nowadays because um, they don't stop and and like live in the moment for a second and say, you know what, I'm just going to sit here and hug this tree for a few minutes, or I'm going to sit here and stand Mm -hmm. in this water, stand in the water, or stand on dirt for a couple minutes and not think about anything else but that moment. I think that may help people if they try doing that. We've been hearing that a lot. We've been talking about that a lot. It seems like.
2: They just have to learn to turn the brains off. Turn them off for a while. Yeah, give them a rest. It's just hard sit there and experience everything around you.
0: Yeah, I, you know, and
2: don't think about it.
0: The stuff we're talking about, like you know, noticing these nuances, like we mentioned a few minutes ago, right? I think you really have to mm-hmm. you have to qu- calm your mind a lot of times too. And I'm only saying this because I'm my own worst enemy. I have a mind that just does not stop. I'm constantly thinking or about something if I'm not moving, right? So it's very, Mm -hmm. very, very, very difficult to try to calm my mind and steady myself and just focus on the moment, right? Um, And I think not only will that help people maybe feel better, (laughs) right? But when you're actually out there investigating this stuff, I think that may help people also. And And to me, you don't have to have a camera or an audio recorder. You may just see something with your own two eyes. And I think that's good enough for me, at least.
3: Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, it's good enough for us, but then, like, to kind of get this this idea out there and, and to get the skeptics to believe that like, this stuff is possible, we have to have hard hard evidence, and that's the yeah. worst part of it. Yeah. Um, you know, you could have the coolest, most incredible thing happen, but unless it's captured, and even then, even when it's captured, there's going to be a lot of naysayers, and they're going to be able to justify it in other ways. So it's a it's a tough field. It can be rewarding, but it can be very frustrating, too.
0: Very frustrating. Now, Len, I wanted to ask you guys a couple other things here. Um one of the things we want to chat about here, and I want, I'm i really curious about this, you are the caretaker uh, are of the Mermaid House in Lebanon, Illinois, right? Uh, yes. This is a historic home that was built in 1830. Uh, Charles Diggins and Abraham Lincoln were both there. So, um, mm-hmm. let's talk about that for a second. Can we talk
2: about that? Oh, yeah. The, um, the, I became the caretaker for the the Historical Society took over the house in December of 2012, but I, had, you know, been there for several years before, and uh, this is just an unbelievable home. And you, when you told your Detroit story about people wanting to just tear everything down, yeah, this house in 1964 that it was in danger of being uh, taken down, and that's when the historical society bought it and preserved it. So that's how he saved this piece of history. But uh, Charles Dickens visited there in April of 1842, and then wrote about it in his book, American Notes. We're lucky chapter 13, a John to the looking-glass prairie end up. And, uh, and you know, if the story sounds too good to be true, it probably is, but we had a Lincoln story. Yeah. And it sounded uh, too good to be true, no way to verify it. And then digging through the records, like Luke says, we all it research history digging through the records i found a letter from 1932 by a lady that was doing the history of uh, lebanon up to that point and she wrote that she had a connection down the road and she she wrote that the lincoln story actually did happen and so i tell people now well this is this is the story and we have a letter that says it's true. but i'll leave it up to you guys (laughs) Lincoln's, <laughs> we can, can verify Lincoln. We're pretty sure, but this house is just absolutely wonderful. It was a it was a uh, stagecoach stop along the old Vincent's Trail, a trade route from Vincennes, Indiana to St. Louis. Okay, and uh, it was it was great. And and then historically, I love the house. And then things started to happen. <laughs> this is my own little paranormal playground. I love this place.
0: Really, what kind of things happened?
2: Well, first off was uh, uh, the uh, Looking Glass Playhouse, the community theater down the road that I've written about also. Uh, Every year they do a a thing called haunted happenings. Somebody in costume leads you through locations through the town, and you hear classic ghost stories. Well, the Mermaid House is one of the locations. This happened to both these two ladies, one on Friday, one on Saturday, as they're telling stories inside the house. They don't believe in ghosts, but they couldn't like to tell me as they're telling, you know, you, Luke will verify this. You look at everybody, you watch them sit down so you know that everybody's there. And then you're looking at their faces to know how you're doing. Yeah. So these gals would do that, and then they go over, and in the doorway there's two men and a woman that are that are dressed in turn-of-the-century clothes, and they're standing there smiling like they're listening to the story. Oh, I... so These poor gals are like, who the heck is that? Oh, they're still there. Where'd they go? Yeah, it happened to both ladies, independent of each other, and they both told me the story without knowing that it happened to the other person. And I've been able to communicate with these people on a pretty regular basis since then. The, he, the people that were standing in the doorway. I was going to say
0: this, as in, in regard, to, as, as in the spirits, correct?
2: As in the spirits, I've had contact through various devices. They actually warned me of uh, uh, impending danger. Uh, we had a tour and there was a bunch of little rug kids that were running around and I was able to survive the tour and get them out. And I'm sitting there, I've left my uh, ghost radar on, and all of a sudden it starts telling me table, talk, danger, fall. I went, I thought, what the heck? And I went into the kitchen and sure enough, those kids had played with some of the antique dishes and they were right on the end of the table. Oh the boy. Not good. And I went in and saved it and I just, thank you everybody.
0: <laughs> everybody out. Get out. I, I'd throw so everybody we, out.
2: We've got, we've got, uh, uh, six pretty permanent entities and two to three more to come and visit. And there's somebody in the basement. I don't know who the heck that is, but I'm trying to find out.
0: Wow. And you—you said you're the yeah, caretaker. Go, go ahead,
2: Luke. What were you going to say?
3: Uh, yeah, one of one of my one of my favorite stories from there too was uh, there was one time with Len. I think he was doing a tour, so we were uh, there. he used to do these are still goes to the haunted Lebanon tours, and we were had went into the Mermaid House, and as everybody was leaving, we were shutting all the lights off as we went down back down to the first floor. Go out the back door. He locks it up. Everybody's kind of waiting in front of the building for us. We come walking around the front, front of the building and kind of look back at it, and all of a sudden you see the lights turn back on upstairs. Ah, classic. Hey. So then, you know, <laughs> I remember Len's like, crap. Now I have to go back <laughs> in and shut him off again. So, <laughs> um, but I thought that was like one of my first experiences there, and I, I still remember to this day just how cool it was.
0: Okay, well, well no, go ahead, Len. Where were you going to say, Len? With that,
2: that, that location, he i on... And through you the theater down the street, I might stop by the Mermaid House at all different times, you know, just to check on things. Yeah. I was there uh, about not too long ago, about 11 o'clock at night. I had to do a walkthrough and grab mail. And then I was leaving, and I'm sitting behind the building in the car, and I called uh, my wife, Kim, to say, Hey, uh, I'm leaving now. I'm going to be home here uh, very soon. She says, Okay. And I go, Oh, crap. And she goes, "What?" I go, there's somebody staring at me out of the second-floor window. She goes, just leave, just leave. And I said, no, I can't. (laughs) I'm kind of responsible. I can't. And I went into the building, and, uh, of course, I didn't find anybody.
0: Yeah,
4: But I I went
2: back. It's just something. You know you're not going to find anybody, but you have to do it. You have to go back in.
0: Absolutely now, now, Luke, you are the proud owner of I had that toy, which is a vintage and collectible store, and that's in Belleville, illinois um uh-huh. from what i understand this, this this store has its own uh host of hauntings also am I correct?
3: that is correct, yeah, and it was it was crazy because whenever we had moved there, which was in November of two thousand and seventeen um you know, I, I, of course, when I had ever thought about going into business for myself, I always thought it would be really cool to move into a uh, a building that actually was haunted. Um, but then come to find out, we go into this building, and, and it is. And I yeah. kind of wondered that, and, you know, I had to be careful with this, too, because I, I kind of wondered if it was... Um, more of a wishful thinking kind of thing, you know, to be able to move into a house like this, I'm sorry, a building like this. Yeah. Um, But there's another guy who actually is is inside the building with me as well. He runs um, sports collectibles side of the building. And uh, he's actually had a lot more experiences in there than I have. And he's the skeptic. So, you know, I I think as much as it's wishful thinking for me, and I've had experiences there, just having him have experiences kind of makes me feel a little bit better. that You know, maybe this stuff really is going on here. Um, I know one of my, my personal experiences that I had, uh, we have, the building's got four stories to it. Um, there's, you know, a basement and three more levels up and I, where my store is, is in the back of it. And there's a set of stairs that lead right up to the second floor from about where my desk is. And I can see all the way up to the second floor from, from my desk. Yeah. And, um. I was working in, in the back room and I came walking out and nobody was in the store at this point, just me. And then, um, uh, the guy who runs the sports side, his son. And I came walking in and I walked behind my sales counter towards my desk and I heard uh, a man talking upstairs. So I'm like, okay, cool. You know, somebody's upstairs looking and uh, because the second floor is open for retail. Mm-hmm. So I came walking, sat down at my desk and you know, I just heard the conversation for a little bit. I really wasn't paying much attention after about 10 minutes had passed. It kind of hit me and I'm like, wait a minute, you know, I'm not hearing anybody talking anymore and nobody ever came down. So I asked, um, my, my coworker's son, I said, Hey, who's upstairs right now? And he said, nobody. And I said, well, somebody was up there cause I heard him talking and he said, no, he said, it's nobody's been in here for a little while. And you know, we both go up and sure enough, there's nobody up there, but I mean, it, very clear man talking, you know, and as far as what he was saying, I really didn't pay much attention. I just thought it was a customer. Yeah. So he didn't really feel like I needed to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that, that was kind of one of my first experiences. And uh, as far as after we opened, now while we were setting the building up, we had some things happen. I you know, there was one day that, uh, you know, we were doing a lot of work, taking down walls, putting up grid wall and all that stuff. And mm. um, one of the days we were finishing up for the day and we were trying to find the battery charger so we could put all the, the batteries on charge for the night so we'd have them ready for the next day. Yeah, Couldn't find the charger anywhere. Just went and decided to call it and we left and went out the back door. The next morning when we came in, we walked back through that back door and the charger was sitting like literally right in the middle of the floor of that room which it's not a very big room and for us to uh left that way the night before had that have been sitting there we would have seen them there's no way around it that we would not have seen this charger sitting there so um very helpful spirit but we hear footsteps going up and down the stairs we'll hear people walking around on the second floor even though there's nobody up there we've been down in the basement and I've heard, you know, voices calling out and things like that. So yeah, um, definitely an active building. It's a very old building. I mean, we're right on main street in Belleville, right in the, you know, the oldest part of town basically. Yeah. Um, so the building has been around a long time.
0: Well guys, I want to thank you both for taking the time to talk to us here tonight. We're super excited, uh, for the Hawaiian America conference this year. You guys are part of that. Like I said before, it's always great to hang out with you guys and chat with you guys every year we come down there. So, yeah, we're looking forward to this. And again, thank you guys yeah, for we, taking some time, man. No problem.
3: We're looking, we're looking so forward to it, too. And it's, it's funny because when we do our segment, we have no idea what we're going to talk about usually until we get up there and get in front of everybody. <laughs> well, then we I, just start talking. And then we just start winging it. So we, we, we kind of do our point. best work that way. Well, we that's have bullet a, points for the
2: bullet head. Yeah,
3: <laughs> well, that's a
2: funny
0: thing. We, we've, we've talked, Troy and I have talked about that, because um, well, I always, like, I've kind of just taken over the, the moderation thing for the panel stuff every year, and this last year, I was like, you know, everything was great, uh, but we, you know, we get an hour to do that, and you have nine people up on the podium, and you have a whole yes. crowd of people that are asking questions and it's, you know, we never we never have enough time. We never do, right? And that's not me griping at all. Right. It's just there's so many cool things to talk about. We get on one subject and that can just go, that can spider into any other really amazing thing. And I know I told, I mentioned it to Troy last year. I'm like, maybe we should sit down and kind of like write out a skeleton or a plan or something like that. And he's like, no, I like the improv. I like I like just kind of going off the hip, man. Let's just go with that. And I'm like, okay, whatever you say. no I mean, I, and I, I agree with that too. I was just thinking about alternatives. But yeah, I mean, that's what makes though you know your guys' talk always fun, and that's what makes the modern you know the speaker panel fun because we don't really ever have any plan. We just kind of get up there and just see what happens.
3: Yeah, I mean that's the, Friday you night know is with, fun. Night. You, go ahead, Alan, I'm sorry.
2: I just said Friday night is
3: fun night. Yeah, Friday, Friday is night right. is fun
2: night. It's true, but
3: you know, and, and even with with our tours too, it's like you know we have guidelines of the stories. I mean, you know, the, the history for the most part is not going to change. I mean, we do update it periodically you know we found some new information or something like that but for the most part it doesn't change the ghost stories they change because we're always having new encounters but we never want the tours to feel scripted we don't want to make you feel like we're just reading them off of cue cards you know so it's all about delivery and make sure you know it's more improv and uh Mm. and just us telling the stories and stuff and and i feel like when you're doing these conferences a lot of the speakers that come to troy's conference they have that feeling to them i mean they're they're always they're fun they're entertaining they're um, you know they they don't seem scripted as much and uh, and uh, it really makes it enjoyable <laughs>